folks. Welcome to a podcast about Catholic faiths. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with... Dan, your Ambassador of Nonsense. Welcome, everyone. Hey, we're right on schedule today. We're never on schedule, but we're on schedule today. <laughs> That's right. We had a subject, but I'm kind of putting that off for a week. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about what the Pope has been doing this past week. He, I guess this is the first papal visit to Iraq ever? Apparently. Yeah, I read that in a couple different sources. Okay, so, and I guess Pope John Paul II wanted to do that and never did. I find it kind of odd because, um, first, the, we've got, like, Saddam Hussein. We've got Catholics or Christians living in Iraq, and right. they're kind of persecuted a little. Right, but there's over a million of them. Yeah, they're allowed to exist, and, and they their presence is known publicly. It's not like they have to hide who they are. Mm-hmm. And then the U.S. comes in, and we topple the regime there, uh, Saddam Hussein. And I don't know, you know, there was a couple things, that, a couple times George uh, Rush Limbaugh points this out. And I, I remember during that war, I was for it, you were against it, right. if I remember correctly. And yeah. not because of what we're talking about right now, but you were against Right. It. No, this didn't figure into it. Yeah, we, we weren't even thinking about these kinds of things then. But uh, Rush Limbaugh brings up the fact that G, uh, George W. Bush kept talking about weapons of mass destruction, which didn't materialize. Um, but it's not like he and he alone was doing it. I mean, they made a fool out of him to say, why did he fall for this? But every single other leader in the world also, almost yeah. was saying yeah, the there, same there thing. Was, right. It it wasn't um it wasn't like that that was a I mean, you know You weren't going off half Certainly the, the the United States uh certainly was was kind of in the vanguard, but it's not like there was the United States saying, Hey, we've got this intelligence, this is what it says, this is what we're gonna find and everyone else across around the world at that time was saying, oh, no, your intelligence is wrong. Here's what our intelligence right. shows. It, it wasn't like that. His uh, theory was that the intelligence agencies of the top countries were in league either, A, to get rid of Saddam Hussein for some reason or other, or B, mm-hmm. to make George W. Bush look like an idiot. He didn't okay. come right out and say this, but that Quite is what happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If they, if our intelligence agencies are so smart and so savvy on everything that they could detect, you know, the collusion with Trump and Russia, then why did they all get that wrong? Because Bush didn't base his uh, his uh, actions on hearsay. The intelligence agencies all told him that there were weapons of mass destruction. And then we get there and we right. couldn't find any. Yeah. But anyway. And they had, you ahead. know, they had follow-up theories about transporting them into Syria and, you know, stuff yeah. like that. But, but, but yeah, basically that's, that, that's how it went. But, but yeah, the, the, the kind of, um, um, the, the, the fool making that, that, you know, especially a lot of the news outlets engaged in afterwards wasn't really deserved. Right. I mean, he did what. He was told uh, the same way some people might give a little bit of latitude to Trump 
for um, for pushing the country to close oh, down for a couple of days. He was told yeah, by everybody, coronavirus response. Everyone right. around him right. said that everybody was going to die. They had the figures of yeah. like two hundred million people, and it's like, well, okay, I guess I better uh, right. shut the country down. So they're, yeah. Now that and we look then, back, he, it was a he dumb followed thing the to rules. Do. He didn't presume to shut the country down. He just urged the governors to right. do it. Right. He urged the governors uh, to do it of, and uh, urged them to <laughs> open back up again two weeks later. When it was, yeah, yeah, exactly. He said, we got to flatten the curve. That's why we're doing this. Anyway, we're, mm-hmm. we keep getting off the topic. But the point is that we went in and we took Saddam out. And that left this vacuum that turned into uh it ended up turning into a disaster. Yeah, I mean, we stayed around for I mean, a while. Yeah, but but you know the the it, that's a culture that is very um, autocratic, um, and the the people think that way, and they think in terms of their autocracy as being a. Um, even though Saddam was was you know more secular, I think than a lot of the the you know like the Ayatollah of Iran and stuff yeah. like that. Um, nonetheless, they think of that as being something, uh, bound up with, with a, uh, divine mandate in terms of, you know, the application of law within the country and that kind of stuff. And so, you know, it was kind of Saddam's heavy hand that set the line for persecution. Right. And it's like, okay, well, the government's got that handle. The government knows how much to let the Christians do their thing. But as you know, other people had other opinions in Iraq. Well, when he was gone, that became a free for all. Yeah, it was like, look, when you, whether it's a good or a bad government, a government is still a government. And when you've got a giant nation like that, well, it's, it's not giant, but it's a nation. There's a lot of people. And when you got all mm-hmm. that area covered with people suddenly who have no, I mean, there was no police. There was nothing all of a sudden. Yeah. Or at least there was nothing to control them. The and the yeah, that was the, the police that were there suddenly became, you know, local uh you know, the warlords of a sort. <laughs> right. So it was kind of a free for all. Whoever's gonna get to the top and, and of course America backed certain people, but I think even there we made some wrong decisions. Uh how could we possibly hope to make the right decisions? Yeah, at, you know yeah. in a situation like that. It's such a backward place and so eventually, and then uh, Barack Obama comes in and says, well, we're just pulling our troops out altogether. So right, during, right. even before that transition, the persecution got worse and worse for Catholics and Christians are fleeing Iraq. And then suddenly America pretty much disappears on Iraqi uh, soil. And and it was a, it, then it was just a bloodbath. They just killed everyone or uh banished them so right there's almost zero christians left in iraq they, they went into hiding in their you know w- within their christianity uh many of them fled yeah i mean to to give some idea the numbers um i was looking at a graph earlier and in 2003 um there were like what one and a half million christians maybe in iraq something like that I mean, not not a huge number. What what's the population of Iraq? Something like forty million people or something. Um, so about one and a half million Christians. Okay, still a a pretty significant minority there. But today there's like three hundred thousand. You know, 
and uh, less like a fifth, twenty percent of what there was in twenty uh, two thousand and three. And of course, those before then, I you know there were areas that were heavily concentrated with Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and they weren't practicing in secret. They could they could be open. They could uh, tell people who they were, and they could be a witness to the gospel. But that ended right. right. When we today, out. I don't know how they live in, in in Iraq today. I mean, I know they have churches that are in operation and stuff, and maybe it's just that in like. Well, he went there. Certain he said local, mass. yeah, maybe certain local governors of Iraq allow the Christians to to operate. Um, you know, they and and maybe in other areas they don't. I don't know how it works in Iraq, and, but they continue to be persecuted and, in fact, sometimes killed. And many people are still, who are in Iraq, Christians in Iraq, are still struggling with the question, is it time to just leave and go try to live somewhere else? Well, the thing is, after uh, Obama created that whole cluster, uh, mm-hmm. Trump came in and cleaned it up within like a month or two. I mean, oh, he stopped ISIS. ISIS. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I, ISIS I guess there was... was still some persecution, but ISIS was no longer going through just murdering yeah. people. Yeah. So, which That's, made uh, the possibility to go back to Iraq, it it it, it gave people hope. People who wanted to go mm-hmm. back to Iraq, which I don't understand why anyone would want to go there. I, I'm <laughs> if you're a Christian, <laughs> why, why? Why? I mean, yeah. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. But I mean, if your family's there and you grew up there, and and yeah. the thing about the thing about people in Iraq, and and actually in many uh, what we call backward parts of the world, and this is something that is um, we've got it. We've kind of fallen into having it backwards here. Is that they, irrespective of the religion, the persecutions, and that kind of stuff, just as a people, they inculcate in their children and amongst themselves and just how they live a strong sense of attachment to the history and the people we don't do that in america yeah at least anymore we used to i think i think we had some of that you know like in the school programs of the 40s and 50s stuff mm-hmm. like that but but we don't do that in fact there's you know the 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 liberals and the press are like all against that kind of thing yeah um but I could see that would be a reason why somebody would yearn to go back there who, right. who had maybe grown up there. Especially if you are a strong Catholic and your idea is not to hide it. And you, I mean, they take the idea of evangelization serious and they're mm-hmm. there so that they can convert other people to our religion. So they can't do it if they're living in America or anywhere else they can only do that if they're there in iraq they can't convert people from in iraq from somewhere else they have to be there if they're going to convert people to do that right right if they're going to if they're going to make their homeland a christian land which i mean many of them certainly are just you know living the survival and okay yeah eventually god's going to take care of us and we've got to do we've got to i got to raise my kids i've got to train them to be ready to be martyrs and witnesses and so on and so forth but the thing is that's why they are witnesses. I mean, that's why they are martyrs yeah. because they take witness seriously. Yeah, they, you know that's why they allow their heads to be chopped off for being Christians. So Trump cleans this up, makes it possible for them to come back uh, a couple months after Trump is gone. I, I don't know if there's evidence yet 
that we're going to have trouble again. But oh, we will. I think the evidence it, isn't there. It, it but should be obvious. I mean, yeah, there's no way that we're not going to see. Uh, a, I think it's going to be specifically a resurgence of ISIL. I'll be yeah. interested to see if I'm right about that. But I think ISIL isn't gone. I think it it went underground. And it could have been gone, maybe given, you know, four more years and, and maybe some changes in, mm-hmm. in the world structure, stuff like that, whatever. But I, I think we're going to see it, it, you know, come so back. So why didn't he wait until that time when when we had beat ISIL, when we had stopped the persecutions to offer people hope to come back to Iraq? Why now when it's... I think anyone who studies that stuff would think that, yeah, the trouble's going to be worse in the next few years. It, yeah. it just seems and, odd to me. He, know, could have, he should have done this two years ago if he felt right. like he had to do it. Exactly. I mean, yeah, two years ago would have been a great time for him to visit Iraq. But not with this. His, the, the theme of his visit is we're all brothers. Yeah. Okay. Well, he I, hadn't I can re- see... written that goofy uh Abu Dhabi thing. Yeah. yeah that's that's true I could see where he feels like he has to do something like that like this brotherhood among I don't know Abrahamic religions kind of thing where he thinks he's doing favors for the Christians there he probably still thinks Maybe. he did a big favor for the Catholic Church in China you, think you know you I mean really he might that? I you know I go back and forth it's like where do you go? Where where does charity lead you in your assessment? I mean, okay, I, I guess on one level we could say, should we even be assessing the Pope's actions? But we can't not. You know what I mean? Right. So where does charity lead you in your assessment? Do you think, okay, I'm yeah. going to give him the charity of goodwill and believe that he's really that foolish and ignorant, or I'm going to give him the charity of intelligence and think, well, therefore he must be somehow just, just completely irresponsible yeah and 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 indifferent to the the plight of real catholics in china yeah so i I don't know what which way do you go with with, when you try to assess these things in a spirit of charity towards the pope right right now i i don't know the answer to that but in terms of iraq you know it's a little bit different but i don't think i don't think he's doing them any favors i think we're going to see a persecution i think the we're all brothers is going to, you know, if you're Muslim and especially if you're militant Muslim, yeah, we're all brothers. Your Pope said we're all brothers. So in this become land, you need to join us. Yeah, yeah. Become Muslim because yeah, exactly. That's what it's going to be. Well, so, so what did happen? He goes over there. Um, and I guess he, 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 he visits the area where the, uh, uh, Chaldeans are and where they had fled. What church was that? Hold on, let me see here. Oh, that church that had been destroyed. Yeah, at Baghdad's Chaldean Cathedral. So okay, right. He went there and he said mass. Um, and I don't know. We'll get to what he said while he was there in a minute. Yeah, the the town of uh, Karakosh, I think, is how you might pronounce that. But this is where Pers- lots yeah. of people. I think uh, ISIS stormed the church in the middle of a mass and killed like Mm -hmm. almost 50 people, including two priests. Yeah. And they are rebuilding the church. Now he goes there to say mass, which I guess they've still got, they've still got like mannequin. Cause, cause when ISIL 
uh, invaded them and, and um, you know, they, they kind of like set up the church courtyard as a, as a target practice range with mannequins and stuff. And I mean, it, it was just so, the destruction was so devastating. They haven't even cleaned that up yet from what I, I didn't understand. Know that. Wow. Well, he goes there and he, and he says mass, but he also goes to this, uh, the birthplace of Abraham. Is that, oh, is that where the, uh, uh, the Tower of Babel was? No. I think that was somewhere else. The, the city of Ur is the birthplace of Abraham. Okay. Um, but they were built. He, Abraham so was one of the ones Abraham. who said, I'm not going to be a part of building this tower, wasn't he? No. I don't think there was anyone like that. Because well, the Tower I, of Babel was way before Abraham. I hear other people saying other things. Either way, he goes to Ur and... I mean, he built this thing up like it was going to be a great big hug fest between yeah. all the uh, to, between Jews and Muslims and Christians. And it's not going to work that way. Guess I don't know. What? May, there's no Jews. That's there. what makes me think. That we, I know the Jew, There's like like ten. Like not like maybe a thousand or a few thousand. Or, there's like maybe ten Jews left oh. in all of Iraq now. Yeah. But there's none at this at Ur. Oh, at this particular place, yeah. There, they, yeah. He, this was supposed the to be place of Abraham. Um, this big ecumenism thing, and all that was there were other Muslims and Christians. And he's there, and he doesn't want men, once mention Jesus Christ. Hmm. I don't know what he's there for. He talks about brotherhood, but yeah, I, we're I, only brothers I, through Jesus Christ. I guess you could say we're all human beings, but. Yeah, we're I mean brothers in Adam or something like that, sort of, kind of, but that, but yeah, I mean we're we're called we're called to be brothers in Jesus Christ. Yeah, because later he talks about um, uh, Matthew twenty three eight, uh, where it says you are all brothers. I and but that's not what Matthew twenty eight is about. Uh, they're saying we're all brothers in Christ. I mean, they're talking specifically to Christians there. Um, that's the, the passage where he says, don't call someone rabbi or don't call someone teacher, but you're all brothers. You're talking to Christians. Um, oh, we okay. Call, okay. We wouldn't call Muslims our brothers. Yeah, no. This whole brotherhood thing is, it's hard to even talk about it because he, uh, <clears throat> When you point to specific things that he says about the brotherhood of men, it's hard to refute that specifically taken by itself. But the fact that you talk about that more than Jesus Christ shows that there's something wrong here, that you're you're focusing on the wrong things. Yeah, he's he I I'm looking up the the verse right while while you're um mm-hmm. you're talking there and yeah, I mean he's he's talking specifically uh, to his followers, yeah, and how they're to regard each other. The hope of being open to a horizon of peace and fraternity, which were summoned up, which were summed up in Jesus' words, expressed in the motto of his op, uh, apostolic visit to Iraq: "You are all brothers. We are not brothers with Muslims. We just aren't." No. Not not in that sense that Jesus meant. So there, so I guess his apostolic visit. He's making an apostolic visit to non Christians. Okay, I suppose. but he didn't say anything about Jesus Christ. But not calling them to Christ. I mean, every would any apostle visit anywhere apostolic. without call, talking about Jesus? 
You know, and and he's being compared to St. Francis of Assisi, who... Uh, he was a fierce preacher. went to... Uh, these eastern to, lands. I don't. I don't know if he went to Iraq, he but he went who, to the eastern who, lands, and no, he no, preached to them. The, uh, there was the that that uh, Arabian Sultan or something that yeah. he went to. Yeah, he told him and, about and he Jesus went to, Christ. Yeah, he went to try to convert him. He didn't go there and and just say we're both brothers. Hey, let's be brothers. <laughs> he may have said that, but he also talked about well, Jesus yeah, Christ he, and the yeah. and. Uh, saving mankind and dying for mankind and about the the trinity which the muslims don't believe in he preached the trinity and the gospel to them so this isn't that's that you can't i'm sorry you can't you can't make that comparison this this doesn't even this is not francis of assisi this is pope francis so after the visit i we're not seeing i mean there's not a whole lot of news about what's going on and what people's reaction, but the... Because he left Monday. You'd think, I mean, this is two days later after he left. You'd think there'd be a few commentaries on it. Right. I, other than the standard news, hey, the Pope visited Iraq, he said this, that. I mean, commentaries among, you know, um, the more conservative, traditional bent of Catholics. So we've got, you know, like the church militant saying uh, that... Reporting that a lot of the like uh, social media more or less making fun of the Pope because he, I guess he bent to the Muslims. The the Muslims there are taking credit for uh, taming the Pope more or less. Oh, is that is that how it's playing out in among the Muslim world? That's you know it doesn't surprise me. I I said that something like that at the beginning of this podcast, didn't I? Yeah, it was. That's how they see it, you know. Well, we yeah, we got our pope you, over here, got him to agree that even we're all your pope and, is coming to us and kissing yeah. our rings. And I don't know if he kissed anyone's rings, but yeah, um, but regardless. your pope is coming over here to us. Uh, so you Christians, even your leader is bowing to us. So that's how it is. That's how they think of it. I don't, and I, I can't see why he would think they would think of it any other way. It's, I think, dangerous. I think what he did was dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's going to lead to more persecution. And, uh, I, I, yeah, I, and I know that a lot of people who don't see those links, who don't realize how deviously the devil works in the world, think. We're just stupid for saying that. Yeah. It was dangerous for him to make this visit in the way that he did. I I guess I guess we'll have to wait and and see how this plays out. Um but that's that's how they're taking it. It's the experts are saying this is gonna cause more hostility. And also there there there's this growing tension between the Muslims and the Jews. Um I say growing as if as if it's just popped up out of nowhere. But um, now that Trump has left office, Israel doesn't have as many friends. And the Jews in yeah. that area don't have as many friends. And I'm sure a lot of them are pretty scared as it is. And the fact that Pope Francis goes over there and says, oh, we're going to have this big meeting between the Muslims, the Jews, and the uh, Catholics. At and there's no the Jews, Jews don't there. don't get to attend. <laughs> Um, 
yeah that's probably gotta have some some of uh is israel's people the israeli government certainly worried a little bit uh so oh okay so he goes to this mass and it, his uh some of the things he said i've got a few quotes here um, okay this is his sermon at the mass in baghdad uh okay love is our strength the source of strength for those of our brothers and sisters who here too have suffered prejudice and indig- and indignities mistreatment and persecutions for the name of jesus okay this is correct okay uh, that's so he's talking Yet, about Christians there in the name of Jesus. Christians who were, I guess, he, I think he's talking about the past 10 years. Um, okay. Yeah, makes sense. Right. Hold on. Banjo! Yet while the power, the glory, and the vanity of the world pass away, love remains, he said. So he's talking about brotherhood and love here. But I, he kind of fails to see hmm. the fact that the reason they're allowed back is because of military strength. Oh, right. From Trump. Yeah, he's he's talking about... Yeah, it's not the, like the, the, people the, who... the people who persecuted the Catholics there didn't suddenly decide, hey, oh my uh, God. We, don't, we shouldn't do this. We're doing the wrong thing. We need to be that's brothers. not what happened. We're brothers. We need to live in love. Yeah, we beat no, them. that's not what's going on. Yeah, I. that kind of irritates me because he does the same thing when he, when he talks about things like... World War Two, and and it's like, are you forgetting that these people had to fight in order to save these other people? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, unless can, I, I mean, you I know, mean, if you want to call just, love, you know, love and brotherhood is picking up a gun and being willing to to shoot and risk being shot. Uh, okay, but I, somehow that that never conveys in what he's saying. Yeah, uh, here's another one. We can ask ourselves. How do we react to situations that are not right? In the face of adversity, there are always two temptations, flight or anger. But these two approaches never fixed anything, he said. Jesus, on the other hand, changed history. How? With the humble power of love, with his patient wit- witness. This is what we are called to do. I don't, there's nothing wrong with what he says, but are you saying we don't fight evil? Yeah, Are you saying that, we don't I, stand up for the oppressed? Is that what you're trying right. to say? I'm sorry, that's wrong. And flight or yeah. anger, there's nothing wrong with anger. There's nothing wrong with no, flight. That's that's uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes you need to flee, and and you know if if we use anger uh, to mean the kind of righteous indignation that that demands justice in the face of wrong. Then yeah, there's there's we're called to we're supposed to have that and we're supposed to act on it. It's supposed to be one of those aids that helps impel us to to act when we need to act. When you have strength, and whether we're talking about personally as in uh, human strength or uh, nationally as in military strength, when you have strength, you do have a duty to use it to mm-hmm. in for justice to to help the people who are downtrodden i don't I, I mean i guess there's there's certain ways it's like you can't just go in and be the policeman of the world but, right uh right when there's a group of people who are being slaughtered uh you kind of have a duty to do something i don't know if do, it, right. whether it's just right. 
to support the military that's fighting it or to uh, which means making guns and weapons and giving then them to possibly them shipping them to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which will come up in a minute again. But uh, or or actually going in with boots on the ground and saying, hey, stop this. So, I, well, you know, it's interesting that that was kind of, uh, you know, Reagan's um, preferred way of dealing was to help those who are fighting for their own freedoms. You know, help help those downtrodden who are fighting for themselves. Don't go fight their battles for them. We've got our own battles here at home. Yeah. But help those who are, you know, but I, I kind of think that was Trump's preferred way too. He didn't engage in any right. wartime activities during his presidency. More wars ended under his reign than started versus yeah. Obama, which is the opposite. Which, you know, of course, I'm sure that didn't make uh, certain um, uh, certain people very happy because right. you know, when you end wars, right. that also means you sell fewer weapons and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's not just the weapons. There's contract work to that, that can be done afterwards, yeah. and there's, there's just That's tons right. of money That's that right. goes into war. And a lot of people get very rich off of war, and Trump just stopped it. He said, "We don't need this war. Let's uh, let's do it this way: sanctions, mm-hmm. sanctions, sanctions, sanctions." He sanctioned everyone, and it, and it kept turned working. Out to be effective. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm I'm going to make you suffer uh, financially if you don't straighten out. And lo and behold, people started to straighten out. And mm-hmm. he's getting all these uh, deals between the, Israel and and everyone else, and everything was looking up. Um, I don't know, but Pope kind of more or less backed Biden, and yep. and here we got even Benedict talking about Biden as if he's as if he's a yeah a authentically Catholic president now. Yeah, that's yeah, and then he and then he's. I mean, he says things like uh, Biden, who is personally against abortion. I don't even understand what that means. Why? Why would you even believe that? What? What yeah. about his his actions, his public actions, would ever leave lead you to believe that that's a true statement? Right. I mean, he nothing. You know, you you because he I, said I it? can't judge a man's heart. I've got to judge according to his actions. And his actions, no, he's not against it, personally or otherwise. The one of the dumbest things to do is to judge any man by just the words he uses. I mean, everyone knows yeah. that. You, actions speak louder than words, and he's very clearly all for abortion. There's mm-hmm. there's no mistaking that. You have no qualms now, about it at all. It could be that that Pope Benedict doesn't ever see the news or anything. I mean, he might. Oh uh, yeah, who knows we, where we he can gets his information? Allow that Pope. Yeah, Pope Benedict may. Yeah, that that that's. Uh... <laughs> but yeah. it sure doesn't American help. politics aren't really <laughs> on the tip of his tongue or on the tip of yeah. his mind, but uh, whatever. Um, so Pope Francis comes back and he's talking about his, I, I, I tell you what, he's like a, I don't even know how to explain it. He's like, so this is like, he thinks, he thinks he started like this new age of peace. Oh, like he no, thinks he started something? Like he he act, like yeah. he initiated something? His his I don't know. He has some kind of weekly uh, talks, uh, the catechism, something or other, and he he's reflecting on his trip, and he's talking about the uh, the joy of welcoming Christ's message, 
and the hope of being open to a new horizon of peace and fraternity. Oh my gosh. Come on. <laughs> Don't... You sound so stupid. But what... Yeah. Does he really think this? I mean... Or does he have writers that come up with this stuff? Well, that could be. But still, I guess he, he went over there for a reason. He must think that somehow he's going to convince Muslims not to kill Christians. As if as if Muslims who are killing Christians... See, that's another one of the, uh, one of the little quotes that he's got. Hold on, let me find this again. You know, if we had okay, time to... Here to... we go. We believers cannot be silent when terrorism abuses religion. Indeed, we are called unambiguously to dispel all misunderstandings. As if terrorism is born out of misunderstanding. We cannot stand by silently. We're called to dispel misunderstanding? How about we're called to stop the terrorism? Right. Terrorism abuses religion. I don't know. Terrorism is a part of their religion. Yeah, that's, that is their religion. I, I, and it's not like it would take a scholar to dig deep into some kind of conspiracy uh, realm in order to find this out. Mm-hmm. It's there all through their writings. That's what they believe. They're supposed to kill us, and they're supposed to terrorize us. That's their religion. So what What misunderstanding? The only misunderstanding is idiotic Catholics who go up there and kiss them and say, hey, let's be brothers. That's misunderstanding. <laughs> yeah, that's the misunderstanding. That's just stupid. Yeah, that's, that's, that's deepening the misunderstanding. There's some kind of animal outside. Making, it's making is a that really what's making your dog noise. crazy? Yeah. So Vicky's outside cleaning the car. Last night, the kids She's were all outside. The yeah. At so 10 at night? Yeah, well, this, All right, hey, whatever. This what, that's her thing. But the thing All is, right. last night I get up, it's like 1 in the morning, and Vicky and two of the kids are outside looking towards the back into the wood, wood area. And it's outside of our yard that they're looking at. Um, and they're like, there's a sound. And it's it's hard to make the sound, but it was a click, and then a whoop, uh-huh. whoop, whoop, something like that. <laughs> it was weird. really weird. <laughs> it, it's maybe some kind of strange, maybe a, an owl. I, I was going to say, I, I can't imagine that anything but a bird would make that kind of sound. Or an animal that was kind. being uh, eaten. You, you know what I oh, mean? like a like wounded a, animal. Like a, yeah, like a rabbit. Like a frog or, or something. Yeah, I yeah. don't know what okay. kind of sound possums make, but uh, something like that. I don't know. Anyway... She went out there tonight to clean the car, and she said it's back and making even more noise now. So she had to bring the dog well, in, even though she knew I was recording. Not something being eaten, then. So, yeah. yeah. That's okay. It's not that loud. Okay, so let's see. Where? Yeah, I guess I don't have a whole lot to say more to say about this. It, it It's just kind of more the same. Oh, another thing. So Pope Francis gets back, and he's talking about it, and he's talking about the terrorists who he went and hugged, um, and then he says, uh, see a couple little things here. First of all, he says, he's asking who is selling weapons to the terrorists. And he, he never answers this question, but he poses this question as if it's, uh, as if he's pointing out some important part of this big problem. Huh. You know what I mean? 
Who's Yeah, that's that's weird. I like I wonder if terrorists only had rocks to crush Christian heads, would he be that asking who's selling these rocks to the terrorists? Yeah. You know, well, right, right. How are they getting these matter? rocks, you know? Yeah, Do you know how it, it's not hard to There's make always going to be people willing to sell guns to terrorists or yeah. swords or rocks or bombs or whatever, or the materials to make bombs. When they don't have guns, they use knives or they drive through crowds or they most of the mm-hmm. time they use bombs. Most of the yeah. destruction is caused by bombs, which are not hard to make. And it's impossible to try to really... There's nothing they could do to keep it from happening other than find the terrorists and deal with them. Yeah, you don't, find the terrorists don't, and stop the terrorism. It's just a dumb thing to ask this question. And you know what this is. This is his another shot at capitalism. And it's it's ignorant. Oh, and my, it's, oh okay. Yeah, uh, Who's selling these guns to terrorists? The, the, the only reason terrorists are, are able to wreak their terrorism is because some people in the world are allowed to... Uh, operate on a profit motive yeah yeah it, it's just yeah, okay yeah i see where that is yeah you know uh, we're called to unambiguously dispel all misunderstandings what, what how about studying a little bit more about uh economies Economics, and history. how they work and what we've done for the world compared to yeah. every other nation that has ever existed and then uh Last but not least, the response to war is not another war. The response to weapons is not other weapons. The response is fraternity. I don't know what he means by another war. Like if World War II, we fought in World War II. Uh, we didn't fight another war in response to World War II. We just fought World War II. Yeah, well, the war was brought to us and we fought it. There's yeah, an aggressor, that's, that's, and we have to do something about that. We got to stop him. You know, when a bully just comes let... up and punches your brother in the face, the response is to make sure that he never does that again. And you don't do that through brotherhood, right? You fight it, you stop it, and then guess what? There's peace. Yeah, more peace comes from from properly engaging in in some kind of fighting action than from trying to hide from it and cower from it. In the name of some brotherhood. And as far as weapons, um, I don't know. Uh, Reagan pretty much ended the Cold War, and he largely did it with weapons. Yep. I mean, I we don't know how things had gone would have gone if Reagan hadn't built up the military, but I I don't think it would have ended the way it did. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, well, no. How I do mean, you not tell? only Who the military. You know, there were a lot of cultural things going on in the world, but not only the military, but but also remember, I mean, it was derisively called Star Wars, but strategic defense oh, initiative. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and and you know that was the big poker play by Reagan. It's like, hey, we're going to do this, and you're going to be left out in the cold, or you could join us, and we and and our nukes could become a you know a non concern. Mm-hmm. Now it never quite fully materialized. But it got things rolling and thinking. It was my understanding that uh, Reagan calls out about Star Wars and basically tells them, we've kind of almost already have it. (laughs) Yeah. And that sent Russia into this mad spending free. 
Which kind of, yeah, collapsed the economy. Well, yeah, a little bit of a exaggeration. <laughs> he, they, they suddenly, they had to figure out how to do this and they started spending all yeah. this money and they, uh, I mean, they collapsed because their economy collapsed. They, they just didn't yeah, have well, you know, the money we had the, uh, because they didn't have capitalism. Game. Yeah, exactly. That, 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 they didn't have the basic engine to sustain the kind of spending that they needed. Well, uh, that's, that's about all I got on this, uh, this Pope visit that I, I mean, yeah, really, I, I think to me, it's a bit, the, the whole thing is a non-issue, but, um, I'd like to see uh, over the I, next I couple weeks, an, you know, like, I like hope the trans are going to come up with some it. things that are going to come out and they're going to say the Pope did this while he was in the Abraham spot and. Yeah, they'll probably come up with some things that are. Truly non-issues, just to be able to come up stuff with you know against the Pope or whatever. But yeah, but I you know I I would like to see some others you know weigh in on you know was was this yeah. worthwhile? Was it was it completely benign and ineffectual? Uh, was it just stupid? Was it really dangerous the way we think it is? Yeah, um, I'd like to see some others kind of especially weigh in on that. people who could get all of the text of what happened there and the recordings and go through it. Cause a lot of it, oh, I yeah, only speak English, like you know, that. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to read his Italian limited. comments or, or, uh, his Portuguese comments or whatever language he might speak. Yeah. You know, I'm seeing a whole bunch of things. Where are we on this vaccine? Um, I'm seeing a lot of people speak out against the vaccine, but I'm, you know, personally, I'm I'm against trying to force people to get the vaccine. I don't intend to get it, but if I'm like required to for some, you know, specific thing that I want to do, uh, you know, I might do it. I'll I'll make a stink about its association with aborted, you know, baby cell lines and stuff like that. But um, but I I've been seeing some kind of weird um, I don't know uh claims about it. Recently, yeah. like, you know, like, like uh, there's there one guy I saw that that was claiming that it uh, well, he, he was actually making a claim that like the coronavirus doesn't actually cause the covid disease and and stuff like that. I'm trying to find there's a there was a particular uh, link that I had. Here we go. Um, so here's one headline. Um, this is technocracy news. Moderna's top scientist, we are actually hacking the software of life. Uh, in a way, that's, you know... I don't know. I, I mean... Uh, it's a little bit true. Okay, the, if the software of life is basically the coding of DNA, and from the DNA you get sequences of amino acids that result in, the, you know, that that specifies a protein. Okay, okay. yeah, all right, that's... In, in that sense, sure. Um, but then we were doing the same thing with uh other vaccines as well we just changed the way we do it kind of you know maybe it would be worthwhile to explain that difference real quick to our listeners um yeah so so the way a normal virus works is that it goes into your cells and it ha you know the virus itself is is two things it's some kind of protein structure that gives it its shape and its ability to attach to and then invade your cell. And then a bunch of either DNA or RNA. Usually I think for a vaccine it's RNA. But, but basically 
the the sequence of uh, nucleotides, it injects it into your cell and takes over your cell's protein-making mechanism to make more of itself. So it's got the protein, and then it's got the RNA that encodes its protein and injects that into your cells, and your cell then starts replicating the proteins and the RNA and creates more versions of the virus, which then eventually the cell explodes because it's got so many of the virus copies, and then all of those viruses go out and attach to other cells and do the same thing. So a virus and, uh, is is like a it's a it's a hacker of your programming. It's already a hacker. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what a I virus is. I mean, that's is. what it is. It, it's okay. a hacker. It's like yeah. The, in fact, that's why you know some of these uh, you know when we think of computer virus, that's why that's an apt term for it because that's that's kind of exactly how a real biological virus works. Okay. So then your body has an immune response, which it, it's like constantly producing. I think it's like just randomized strings of um, these uh, uh, sequences of, of uh, amino acids that may or may not happen to attach to an invading or to a part of an invading virus. And when it does so attach, it makes that virus impotent. It can no longer invade cells well when it happens to when one when something happens to attach to the part of the virus and i'm way simplifying things here that fact triggers the body that makes those things to say oh you found something i need to make a whole lot more of you so that we can keep this particular virus or this particular you know whatever invader at bay and so then your body learns to generate those, and that becomes an immunity. But it and uh, and it remembers it does that. that by so so a virus comes in, and this uh, sequence suddenly sees it, attaches it, makes it uh, no longer able to do it what it was going to do. Right, and at the same time, it sends an it sends another piece of information. Right? right, the mRNA. Well, the yeah, that we'll get into what the mRNA is, okay. but but basically, the fact that it was able to attach triggers a mechanism that generates a whole lot more of these things. Okay. So that they can attach to any virus that shows up anywhere in the body, and then you become immune to that virus. Now, there's some viruses that resist that effect, and there's some viruses that your body can forget the immunity within a short time. Um, and then there's some viruses that there's so many different strands of the same virus and the particular thing that that your immune um, cell, that, you know, that your immune sequence is attached to. It's like, OK, it attached to that one. But the, you know, thirty seven hundred other variants of that virus aren't affected by that one thing that made you immune from okay. that one variant. So there are some, you know, it, it's not a perfect like all-encompassing system, but generally that's how these immunities work. So here's what they did with COVID. No, well, okay, so that's how viruses work. That's how immunity works. So what they figured out was, well, wait a minute. What if we could take a virus and somehow render it basically dead so that it didn't have the ability to invade a cell and take over the, the, um, the protein-making factory within the cell? Yeah. But it still had those same same proteins. 
Well, then that virus would be floating around in your blood harmless and your immune system would find it, attach to it, and trigger your, you to make a whole lot more of those particular uh, sequences of amino acids and then you would be immune to that virus without the danger of that virus actually taking over your body like it wants to do. So that's what, and sometimes it's a, a dead virus. Sometimes it's just a weakened virus. That, okay. okay. It, it, it's still live. It's still going to, you might have some effects, but we've weakened it to the point where your body's going to respond before it has a chance to harm you in any way. So that's typical, what a typical vaccine is. Now, here's what these guys did with the, and I think all of the variants of the COVID vaccine work this way. And in some ways, it's kind of ingenious. They said, what if we could take a, uh, take, take a, the particular protein that needs to be seen as an invader, okay? So like on a coronavirus, take one of the spikes. Uh, you know, the coronavirus is called that because it looks kind of like a crown because it has all these spikes coming out of it. So let's take okay. one of the spikes and the protein that defines that spike. Let's take that protein and... Back at, you know, reverse engineer it into the sequence of amino acids that make up that protein and then reverse engineer that into the sequence of RNA uh, nucleotides that represent those amino acids that make the proteins. So that's the messenger RNA. So what okay. we'll do, we're going to take a, uh, a, a uh, delivery mechanism that has just that mRNA in it, this messenger RNA, and we're going to put it in your body, and that delivery mechanism is going to have the opportunity, the, the ability to invade some of your cells and cause them to start manufacturing this, this one specific protein from the virus, the spike of the, you know, of the virus. But yeah. your cell will make a bunch of those, but here's the thing. It will not make a bunch of things that can then go out and infect other cells. So it's extremely limited in its ability to infect your overall body. And yet it's going to produce this one protein that's going to trigger your immune response and ultimately make you immune to the coronavirus generally. Not, not all versions of the coronavirus, but this coronavirus. Right. So basically, okay. we're tricking your body by, by letting certain cells get invaded by this mRNA, but the result of that is going to be this one single protein that in, its, in turn is not going to be able to invade other cells. I, to me, I think it's a, it's a really clever and really neat way of doing a vaccine. Now, the only I... thing that I have about this is this, if... If your body learns this one particular protein, does that protein then persist in your body so that your body stays reminded of it? Or do you eventually need to, you know, maybe people who have gotten vaccinated should be followed up with an injection of the actual coronavirus so that their body remembers that immunity long term. That's that's the thing I don't know. That. To me, that's you my You don't know concern. if they do that or you don't know if I don't they know if do they it. I don't know if they need to do that. I know that okay. they don't do that. That's not part of the treatment. Okay. Um, and we don't know what kind of long-term... Yeah, okay. Um, 
I think it's ingenious, and I I don't think it's in any way against nature unless you're using uh, the body parts of murdered people. For example, yeah, that that, I that mean, would if be you're against doing nature. That, that's against nature, but um, yeah. doing it this way is just. It's just we found out more about how this works, and we found new ways to make it work. I don't, and I don't see the problem I, with this. I don't, I don't see why existing vaccines, like maybe chickenpox and measles and stuff like that, couldn't be re-engineered into this kind of a thing. Right, or even things like HIV. Yeah, I, yeah, that's. I don't know if if HIV can, yeah, if they could find a way. To trigger a body's, I, the, part of the thing about HIV is that it creates an inability to respond with an immune, you know, your yeah. the natural immunity response. But yeah, if there's a way to use this kind of concept to create a body's initial response to an HIV type of protein without actually introducing a volatile HIV virus or a, a you know, a fuck fecund hiv virus whatever um yeah maybe you could have a vaccine against aids do you know uh much about the history of this was um how long have they been trying to figure this out and what is it that suddenly allowed them to do it you know i i I don't i don't know how long they've been trying to figure out i don't know if like mrna vaccines have been something that were uh in the works for years and this became an opportunity to say hey wait a minute we know how to make message I, that's that's the thing you can they we we have a pretty good ways to make uh manufactured sequences of rna mm-hmm. and dna you know that that laboratories can can do like like so for example when you're doing genetic sequencing you 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 want to find certain um you, you want to like attach to and find certain uh specific areas of you know a person's chromosome or you know something like yeah. that and and those areas are often delimited on each end by a certain sequence of um of uh nucleotides that that kind of don't show up in that particular sequence anywhere else within the whole uh set of chromosomes and so what you say is, well, okay, I need some, some you know, what are called primers um, for this sequencing to sort of attach to the parts of the DNA that match it and then create lots and lots and lots of more of just that part of the DNA. Well, so what you do is you call out to a laboratory and say, hey, I need a primer and I need it to be, and you just send them, I need, you know, this specific sequence of DNA. I need to, you know, the A, T, C, G, 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 A, T, T, C, C, G, A, you know, yeah. you give them the sequence and they can manufacture that in a lab. So we've had that for a little while now. And so it could be that this has all kind of been in the theoretical works and this became an opportunity to say, wait a minute, this is probably the fastest way to get a probably safe vaccine versus all of the uh extended um testing we would have to do if we were doing this by using a live weakened or even a dead virus yeah and so i i you know that's i you asked the question i i don't absolutely know the answer i should look up the answer because i 
you know, that okay. is kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, I guess I mean, there's so much. I don't know. I, it's like fear mongering, and I, I, I think the idea for a vaccine for uh, COVID nineteen. I personally, I think the whole thing is silly. I don't. I think it's something we should just weather through and go ahead and and get it and let everybody get it and take care of the people who are hit hardest by it or protect that group of people from getting it and then develop herd immunity and then go on with our lives. I, th- I think it yeah, should be I, that simple. I think that's just the way to do it with, with this particular uh, uh, virus. But um, since the Democrats have made this their... Uh, they've turned this political. So now it's become yeah, a political they, thing. They turned a medical thing political. Now, obviously... I'm on the side of the right um, the, of, of any political discussion on this. The problem is that now they've turned this idea of doing this, uh, of uh, vaccinating people in this way, into a political, into a kind of a, a conspiracy discussion. And the far right is really against it, but kind of for the wrong reasons, I think. Yeah, They're, that that's the problem. I'm against I'm against requiring the vaccine too, but I, you know you, you've got to have the right information. And when you are talking about that and going down these these paths of you know like it, it's gonna it's gonna rewrite your DNA or your DNA or something yeah. like that, like, yeah. like it's gonna alter your the genetics within your body or whatever. You know, it like just, we're all gonna become different people. I, yeah, or I don't know, like, yeah. or something. And it's, it's like. <laughs> When you say these things, it kind of makes your argument weak. There's nothing wrong with just sticking with the uh, the liberty argument or the, you know, there's nothing wrong yeah. with saying I want to make this decision for myself and I don't need the government to make it for me. And you don't if have the to government, invent boogeymen. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's OK to make a uh, argument on moral grounds. There's nothing wrong with that. Let's just stick with that because that's the one that wins. That's the one that's right anyway. Yeah, we don't need exactly. more than that. Okay, I wanted to talk a little bit about that, but I think yeah. I think the main segment is done now. Unless you have yeah. something else to add. No, okay. let's talk to current events if you've got some. So we'll get some news here. Uh, so uh, California is opening uh, stadiums in Disneyland and other theme parks uh, with limited capacity. You know, I, huh. to me that's stupid. I It's like they forgot why those theme parks are there and the stadiums. I mean... Th- they're not there to entertain people. That's not their function. They they make money. Yeah. That it, if you, it's kind of pointless to open with limited capacity on some of these things. Yeah, it's like, okay, you're only allowed to break even on this. And any rich guy is going to be like, why the hell do I want this? The only reason yeah, anyone would have these things is to maybe in the hopes that they'll one day be allowed to operate at full capacity again. But right. the way these things are being rolled out it's kind of like i i can't imagine owning one of these things at this point i mean i i would be i'd be devastated because it's like well the, the government just came and took my whole business took my whole livelihood and the millions of people i employ 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if you're one of those big operations, that's that's a you know, you know that that they're not paying these you know tens of thousands of workers to continue working when they're not even operating. Right. They. So all and they if, and if know, they're. There's different kinds of costs with a business like that. Some of it is like if you're opening, if you if you're going to have, first of all, there's the cost of owning it, and that takes a certain amount of money. But yeah. if you're going to open to say one person or uh, fifty thousand people, some of those costs are the same. They don't grow with the number of people, and mm-hmm. so if he's going to open, you have to open and you have to pay this whether. You have Just one customer yeah. or 50,000 right. customers. Capacity so, doesn't matter there. Now, other ones, you know, they, you, it goes up with the number of sales you make and stuff like that. But um, I can't imagine them really making much money at any of these theme parks or stadiums with the limited capacity that they're talking about. You know, the six-foot the six foot distant rule. Um, <laughs> you can't fit very many people in that way. And yeah. it's stupid on top of all that. Yeah, besides so, that. Whatever. <laughs> I, California, I, I don't know. It's just... And they're, they're doing the same thing here in Ohio. You know, Kings Island was pretty much closed this year. I think you could yeah. call and you could... You could you had to wear a mask the whole day. You could you had to make a reservation. I don't know if all the rides were going or not. Who would I guarantee it wasn't as fun. It was... Yeah. Who I didn't would bother want to going. do that? <laughs> it's dumb. Um, so there was the $15, uh, minimum wage, um, introduced by Bernie Sanders and that was yeah. rejected Good in the Senate, right. uh, 58 to 42, which means some Democrats held up. There are Democrats out there who, who do understand how bad this would be. Um, I'm kind of surprised to see it rejected. I really mm-hmm. am. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I, I think there's some Democrats who who at least have some modicum of understanding of the economics. I mean, Bernie Sanders' yeah. economic, his grasp on economics is is you know leaves a lot to be desired. And and yeah, I don't there's got to be at least a few Democrats any. who who understand that. Yeah. Now they did pass the uh, the 1.9 trillion dollar relief package, and they did it. I guess it did give some money to citizen I don't know if it does or well we'll see let's see if the checks come but yeah. on top of that it just funneled tons and tons of money into all these little pet projects that they had and I think a lot of it isn't even here in America so I mean it's just <laughs> oh my. I, I don't know it, it's like they're trying to create an economic uh, it, it's I don't even know what you would call it it wouldn't even be a depression it would be a destruction i mean (laughs) collapse well yeah i think i think think part of it i think there is a certain contingent of democrats who actually intend and and their actual uh goal here is to create a economic uh situation of dependency on the government yeah i i I think that's what you know where they're hey once they're dependent on us then They'll vote for us because they'll know that we're the ones who are going to, you know, sustain right. their, you know, their, their checks coming or whatever. I think there, there's and, a, a contingent that really is operating on that premise. 
and I know that's hard for a lot of people to swallow. I mean, you know, I was driving around today thinking about the fact that we're, I mean, this podcast itself, we're not like insider Catholics, you know, who, who, who have degrees in theology and oh, in right. political yeah. degrees. We, we're guys who go to work in a normal world and happen to be Catholic and know a fair amount about the religion and about American politics, and we talk about it. But um, for someone like us, the idea of these guys conspiring to bring down the American economy seems kind of far-fetched, but it's... A nine, a one point nine trillion dollar relief package. It's hard to draw any other conclusion when you see what they're doing. Yeah, yeah it's they, kind of the same quandary I had about the Pope. What if you if you yeah. want to say, okay, what's the most charitable view of what's going on here? Where do you put that? Do you say, okay, I think they're just really, really terribly stupid, or do you say, okay, you know, they intend what is going to happen here? Yeah. And I, I mean, we know we know what happens because we have history. All you got to do yeah. is look at history. We know what happens when you do these stupid things. Yeah, we've got the Soviet Union. We've got Venezuela. And now we're going to have America. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, we we should keep fighting it at every opportunity. Um, I guess right now the real question is how do we fight it? And is something like voting does that actually fight it anymore? I don't know. Let's let's wait and see if there are any ways to uh, to fight the voter fraud and to get a control again of our government. I don't. I, yeah. I just don't think we well, know right now. You know, I m- more more governors are deciding to take things into their own hands. Uh, I think South Carolina is the next one. Next one that is saying no more restrict no more restrictions for restaurants. Yeah. And, you know, in spite of uh, restaurants even aren't, aren't, I think restaurants aren't even going to be required to require people to wear masks, stuff like that. Um, and each new state that, that well, are you know, governors takes doing a stand this like or the are governors. the legislators? Well, the governors or the legislatures, whatever, I, you know, because I, I think a lot of these things are brought can't down see... initially as govern, governor executive orders and then they're removing yeah. them. So, well, yeah. But, what the the bottom, but the thing is, it's you know each new state that does this throws Biden into a tizzy. Yeah, <laughs> because he wants to have everything locked down. Yeah, he wants everybody to wear a mask. Speaking of masks, uh, so Swiss voters approved a ban on full facial coverings in public. Good, and I think this. I is... hate walking around not seeing people's faces. Right. Well, this is not. I don't think this is about the covid masks this is about about muslims the muslims yeah yeah which okay so this is it's being called a burqa ban and okay uh it's a good thing because um i don't know it's it's it doesn't seem like a healthy society where people walk around covering their faces it's and i know that there's the computer uh software out there right now doing facial recognition and it's given the government more control because they see everyone and they can track everyone but i i even if you're gonna fight that i don't think it's healthy to walk around with a mask on it's just unhealthy 
It's not good for society. Yeah. Now, in 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 the the, the for the Muslim, it's only the women that have to do that, right? Right. For Muslims, so but, uh, you know. Uh, but any but man. The thing could is, any, any man with, then... with even even slightly effeminate eyes could could you know put on a burqa, pass for a woman, yeah. you know, carry a, yeah. a a bomb into a crowded area, whatever. So uh, Biden grants uh, temporary protected status to Venezuelans who are living here. Uh, it's going to last for 18 months. So we can't deport any Venezuelans. Okay. Well, that's. Uh, I don't I mean, know. If, uh, yeah, we knew that was happening. I guess if there's a country that needs some, you know, whose citizens need a little bit of automatic asylum, Venezuela is one. Cuba's probably another. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but wait, what is happening in Venezuela? I mean, they, there was this uh, the coup down there, and then. Well, they had Hugo Chavez, and then, and then the coup, and then it collapsed, and and I I don't even know what the current situation in Venezuela. See, to is. me, at this point, we should be saying, "No, you guys stay there and fight this out." You guys, uh, you know, that's a good point. Don't come here. Don't bring your, your crap freedom. here. Keep it down there. Straighten it out. Then you can come up here. Oh well. Yeah. Uh, see, that's what I think should happen in uh, Puerto Rico. I, I don't think we should accept them as a state. I think we should make them straighten themselves out and get rid of the corruption and clean themselves up. Yeah. If, they, if, if there's uh, if there's some if there's some contingent down there that is not a socialist and not fighting to be a dictator of some kind, uh, we could help them. Yeah. A la Reagan. He got in trouble for that, didn't he? The Contras against the Sandinistas. I don't know. I was I was pretty young back then. Oh. <laughs> Not old enough to really... I mean, I heard Oliver North. That was my introduction into politics. And even then, I didn't understand that. So, oh, okay. I mean, I do a little bit more now. But back then, I was just, oh, okay, Ollie North. Everybody likes Ollie North. So, yeah. all right. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, that's Yeah, but I think you're right. Yeah. So, okay, the Chinese National Space Administration and uh, Roscosmos, well, I guess the the Russian form of that, Okay. they're signing an agreement to establish a lunar space station. Okay. Now, I don't know if that's going to be a, uh, something that go that orbits the moon or something that's actually it's landed on the moon. On the moon. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, okay. It, they don't know yet. Uh, so they are on the surface or orbit the moon, um, and will be available use for use by international partners. I don't know. We'll see. See, they're I trying to kinda, get. Yeah, they're trying to secure China, especially. They see space as being a long-term uh, future um, economic uh, interest. Yeah. And they're you know, to, it's they're, they're trying to establish their um, position there. It's um, you know I I'm just thinking back to not long ago one of D- Dinesh D'Souza's uh, podcasts talked about the fact that China China was a pretty big power while we were settling in America, and mm-hmm. they could have taken part in that, and they decided they didn't want any part of it, and. Uh, it was their mistake because suddenly, you know, over the years, America just 
grew to this giant, and China China shrank in power right. for a long time. Uh, now China's gaining strength and power, and maybe they're seeing this next frontier, and they're like, okay, we're not going to get left behind again. We're going to control it this time. Could be, but you know, there's also a difference between China then and China now, which is that right. I, I mean, China was was always somewhat of a you know autocratic society and that kind of you know but china now is communist china which is far more aggressive and imperialist and autocratic than previous chinas have been yeah um yeah so yeah but 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 yeah that's a that's a good point but you Um, know we should be doing the same thing i mean we should be partnering with like great britain or something to do exactly the same kind of thing i don't know if great britain is even interested in space but they should be yeah, well, we, I, I mean, we're still, I don't know. They've got this thing where we're going to put the next, the first woman on the moon. Oh, I don't yeah, see how that stupid. matters. But <laughs> right now, we're not even, you know, nobody's been to the moon in such a long time. Um, mm-hmm. And Trump had had made this goal. I don't know if, I don't know if that's going to be reached or not. I don't even know if it's still being financed with Biden. I mean, when when uh, Obama came in, he. He defunded most of Na- Na- NASA, didn't he? I like don't he, remember he that. He stopped the space shuttle program, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I can't I remember, remember what he did. He did something, and they lost a lot with Obama. And now we've got Space Force. Is that still is that still on? I don't. You know, that's I a don't good even question, know because that was kind of introduced by Trump. Yeah, as the next branch of the military, but we don't even know if that's there anymore. I don't. I haven't heard anything about it. You know, uh, Sam went to enlist in the military. Uh, I haven't seen anything about enlisting in Space Force. They probably so, like take the cream of the crop from the Air Force and could be. So the U- United States Space Force, uh, it is a branch of the U.S. Armed uh, Forces. So okay. it is. I think it, it is still a thing. Okay. Now, how much how much money they get, how much attention they get, that's going to be for a while until until space itself has really become a thing, you know, decades down yeah. the line. How much attention they get is going to vary from president to president. Right. And I don't I don't think now that we've introduced the idea of allowing um, markets to control this. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know, you know how much influence it's really going to have. No, but 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 why? I mean, that, that's the whole point. I mean, markets work on the seas because of the U.S. Navy, yeah, if, among others, perhaps. So why not take the same thought, you know, long-term thought process with regards to space? Yeah. Well, that's all the news I got. All right, I got a few things. Um, so I'm just going to go into first. The first thing is actually something we already talked about, um, but it's just the headline is so funny. <laughs> okay, I'm just, the headline is the nonsense here. Okay. Okay. Biden's stimulus showers money on Americans, wow. sharply cutting poverty. <laughs> He's cut poverty. <laughs> Sharp, sharply cutting poverty. Wow. <laughs> and this is in no the Washington more poverty Post. poverty in America. This is the Washington Post headline. <laughs> so a stimulus package 
which showers money on people, is going to cut poverty. Sharply. It's like, Sharply hey, cut some people poverty. might get, I don't know, let's say some people get $10,000. That's going to remove them from poverty? Yeah, then they won't be poor anymore because they'll have $10,000. Jeez, please. So, yeah. Anyway, I just. It's so dumb. Where do they come up with it? I, you know, it just shows the uh, the the media's. Uh, I don't know. It's it's like they they. It's like now that Trump's gone, they're just free to 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 fawn over Biden and and whatever else. Uh, yeah, I don't. It, it's like, did they imagine people aren't laughing at them for stuff like this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, That's this this is uh, this is. Sad. Let's just call it the sad state of public schools in some cities. Okay. Uh, city student. This is in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, headline is: City student. Whoop! Hello. Went away. Passes three classes in four years. Wait a minute. Okay, start over again. A city student passes three classes in four years. Not passes three out of four years, but in all four years of high school. He only passed three classes. He, so, he got a non-F in three classes. Why is he still in high school? Okay. Why, his, I don't understand. His GPA, so his GPA is .13, but here's the story. He ranks right about at the halfway point of his class. He's near. He's he's almost in the top half of his class. Like in other... Uh... Other students Tests? at that same school, or I, I like, how did they rank him there? By Just GPA, his grades, or with yeah, by GPA. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, what does this point school do exactly? One, three, exactly, that's the question. <laughs> so this mother, Tiff, uh, well, I won't, I won't bother with the names. Mother thought she would receive his diploma this June. Uh, but she just learned that his seventeen-year-old has to start over. He's basically been moved down back to ninth grade. So I, I guess the school, you know, they they uh, you know they send Hold on. yeah mm-hmm. they send letters to parents. As soon as we wrap up here, I'll go over there and see. He's probably probably fine. All right, go ahead. Okay, so I guess these schools. So the school you know, are they send letters to parents and stuff, but the parents, the, you know, they're not they don't care to be involved day to day. It's just yeah, take right. the kid and teach them. But you know. You you have schools that uh, teachers you know it, it's like they're not allowed to fail the kid and say he has to repeat ninth grade now they have to pass him even though he hasn't you know actually done any of the work and then he gets and to the senior in, year and then it's like three well, you years don't have they say to, well like, you're still a <laughs> well now you have to start over freshman. at ninth grade <laughs> yeah yeah. I, I don't get it. It's uh, you know the, it's the state of, the whole of thing modern is so public schooling. Sad. You know I okay. I dropped out of I dropped out of ninth grade, so I never finished ninth grade. Uh, worked for a year or two, and then I did other things and whatever. Finally, like oh okay, I got to get a GED because I wanted to qualify for something. Mm-hmm. I said, well, how do I get a GED? Well, you could take these classes and then go take the test. I said, well, can I just go take the test? Yeah, you could go take the test. So I went and took the test, and I passed the test, and I had my GED, a high school equivalency test. Right. 
So a guy who hit with an eighth grade education passed the high school equivalency test. So what the hell are they teaching in high yeah. school that we but need that to send them there? Education from St. Martin's. Yeah. Catholic I got all school. D's at St. Martin's. <laughs> so a guy who got D's at St. Martin's Catholic They didn't even school. want to pass me. Those teachers just didn't pass, want to deal with me again. Past the high school, the, the, the great equivalency. Yeah. I mean, they were like, they didn't, they didn't want to see me the next year. They're like, oh my gosh, just give him a D. Get him out of here. And so. Don't give him an F. Give him a D. Yeah. So I quote, graduated from eighth grade and then graduated from high school without doing a lick of work. Um, but I, our whole education system is so messed up. It's a mess. It's a mess. But okay. I don't know. <laughs> I guess that's uh, uh, where we stop because apparently there's something next door that's calling my attention. Okay. All right. I'll save the next two for next time. Oh, you have more? You said you yeah. only had two. No, I oh, didn't. you found more. Okay, well, go oh, ahead. Oh, I sent you two and I said more to follow. Okay. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> okay, so... Next one is a uh, a man who has been living for three months in the Chicago uh, O'Hare Air, uh, International Airport has been charged with um, trespassing and, and misdemeanor theft. This is kind of like that movie with uh, Tom Hanks about the airport thing. You yeah, remember he that where like he, he he lived at the airport because to leave the airport, yeah, um, he was going to have to. Uh, um, I don't know. Do do uh, it, 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 I, I forget exactly why he couldn't step out of the airport, but he tried to live there. Well, I guess a guy has actually been living in the O'Hare Airport. Uh, he's been charged with trespassing. Uh, he's posted bail, so I don't know what's going to happen to him after that. But, but he's uh, not at the airport anymore. He's not at Probably. the airport anymore. <laughs> okay, and my last item, and this is kind of interesting. So this this is the day. So here's the thing. To, to fully appreciate this, you have to, to first put yourself in the mindset, okay, this is the age where, first of all, inclusiveness is everything, uh, mm-hmm. you know, gender, race, everything else. And second of all, gender itself is nothing, you know, yeah, trans, boy, girl, you know, what, you, know, you change your mind from day to day, use the women's restroom this time and the men's restroom that time and so on and so forth. So it turns out the Girl Scouts are, are. <laughs> I think they're actually suing. I, I don't know if the, there's actually a, a, a lawsuit. Uh, yeah, they're, I mean, they're talking about a lawsuit. Uh, lawmakers, lawyers are saying that the Girl Scouts are being damaged by the Boy Scouts' willingness to allow women, in, girls, into the Boy Scouts, and they're they're they say they're in a, a very a highly damaging uh, recruitment war with the Boy Scouts after they open their serv- they call them services their their membership wow. to girls, leading Why to would- marketplace confusion and some girls unwittingly joining the Boy Scouts. <laughs> Thinking they're joining the Girl Scouts. <laughs> Open the Girl Scouts to boys? I don't know. <laughs> what, what? Yeah, why don't they just do that? Let the boys uh, make blankets and stuff and sell yeah. cookies. <laughs> the girls sell popcorn and the boys sell cookies now. That's right. That's... The whole thing is 
<laughs> why would so anyone want to join either of them at this at point? this point no well yeah why would they that why the, would they the i don't buy popcorn is, or cookies it, anymore <laughs> to be honest the girl oh, yeah, scout you know cookies what? are not all that great uh in fact it, it's it is so the lawyers uh for the girl scouts filed papers in manhattan federal court thursday to repel an effort to toss out before trial a trademark infringement lawsuit that the girls filed in 2018 so I guess they filed a trademark infringement earlier. I don't know what that's about. But um, <laughs> I just it's like, okay, gender doesn't matter anymore, anyway, anymore. And yet you're going to sue them because they allow girls in. Girls yeah. could be boys if they were transgendered. <laughs> what, what, how do you even draw the lines in a lawsuit yeah. like this? <laughs> I remember when... Everybody made a big deal about the Boy Scouts letting girls in, and I thought that was the dumbest thing in the world. That was like People three years ago, right? should have made a big deal to like ten years ago, I think. No, no, well, no. Oh, no, yeah, no, that was three years ago. It was about ago. three years ago. It was long before was that about, that they allowed like like openly gay uh, yeah. leaders in in the packs and and the uh, yeah. It was like ten years before that. They uh, right. I that was a big deal. That should have been the one that got fought. Instead, they waited until they let girls in. It's like, who cares if they let girls in? Girls don't cause little boys to become gay. Girls don't I know, molest that's... little boys. <laughs> exactly. Gay that, men I... do that. Let the girls in and keep the gays out. Yeah, I would have been more for that than... Because what does it matter if a little girl's kind of a tomboy and wants to, okay, let her, whatever, to go camping. And most uh, girls go through a tomboy stage that grow out of it. Yeah, and... But no, instead they let gays come in who molested a bunch of little boys, and now there's all kinds of lawsuits uh, concerning yep. that. Yep. And they're worried about them letting girls in. What? Who the heck cares? <laughs> Maybe the Girl Scouts. Uh, you know, they they what they ought to make a case. Although I, I, you know, I don't know what goes on in Girl Scouts, but they ought to say, hey, we don't want the Boy Scouts letting girls in because we know that the Boy Scouts have their molesters. We don't want them molesting our young girls. We want to keep yeah. them in the Girl Scouts. That would be the argument to make. That would be a better argument. Yeah. Because these girls are prepubescent. And mm -hmm. um, so gay men are not going to go after the uh, post-pubescent girl. They're going to go after the prepubescent ones. Right. Because they less, look less like a woman. And so that's why they go after prepubescent boys. Young boys. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know the the whole scouting issue is I I stopped caring about that so long ago. Yeah, no, my kids aren't going to any of them. <laughs> of course, my kids don't want to anymore. But well, no, yeah, that's oh well, that's all I've got. <laughs> all right, that's all you got. Okay, well, uh, folks, think about what we said, and uh, as always, circle the beads, keep praying, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone.